atheism. Should this be considered the default position regarding God? Aren't we all born atheists? God just seems so hidden. Shouldn't his existence be more obvious to us? Royce will tackle these objections to God's existence in today's episode of Ministers Minute, an installment of the Everyday Ministry podcast for ministers with shorter attention spans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast. My name is Roy Salanese, and this is an episode of Minister's Minute. These are our shorter episodes, released every second and fourth Monday of every month. So in thinking about what kinds of episodes I wanted to record for Minister's Minute, um, I know the last couple of ones I've done have been apologetics, and I kind of wanted to keep that same topic going. But I'd kind of like to turn the tables a little bit and look at some objections to God's existence as opposed to positive arguments for God's existence. I think this might be helpful uh, for some of us who have had conversations with different people, whether agnostic or atheist or some other belief, um, who have presented to us reasons why maybe they don't believe God exists. And perhaps some of us have found it difficult to respond in a way that was effective. And so I thought maybe I would take the next maybe two to three episodes to look at some of these different objections that we may come across, help provide some insight, some responses, maybe look at some of the underlying presumptions that people have when they ask these kinds of questions or have these kinds of objections. So I'm excited I plan to look at a couple today, but this might be a two to three part series for the Minister's Minute. So maybe look forward to over the next couple months or so um, having a a few different parts to this. So today I'll be looking at a couple of the more common objections that I am seeing, whether it be on the internet or just maybe a couple different people that I've spoken to over the last couple years So what I'd like to do is first present their objection, break it down, maybe in like a summary form, and then take a look at what are some good responses to this objections. How can we, how can we point out maybe some underlying misconceptions that may be driving some of these objections? So I'm going to jump right into it and hopefully this won't take too long, but I don't think there's too much information here. So here we go. So the first objection to God's existence that I'm going to talk about is the presumption of atheism. So in a nutshell, what this objection states is that atheism is the default position. So unless and until the theist can prove that God exists, it's rational to be atheist as a default position. So to summarize the objection, it's really a claim that in the absence of some positive evidence for God's existence, that you should presume that God does not exist and that atheism is true. It's precisely the absence of evidence for God that justifies believing that God does not exist. In this claim, the atheist doesn't really have any burden of proof to show that God does not exist. Instead, it's the theist who has the burden of proof. He has to prove that God exists. Unless he successfully carries that burden of proof, then the default position is that 
God does not exist, and therefore the atheist just wins by default. So that's, that's the objection. Um, I didn't go into too much detail, but I think that pretty much summarizes what I hear people saying. So let's look at some responses to this objection and some criticisms. So the most important thing I think we can say in response to this is that logically, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Again, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. For example, in the court of law, the fact that there are no fingerprints of the butler on the knife is not itself evidence that the butler did not murder the master. The absence of evidence does not mean that therefore the butler is not guilty. In order to show that the butler is not the murderer, he would need to have some kind of positive evidence that he didn't do it. That's what we'd call an alibi. Proof that he was somewhere else at the time and witnesses saw him. Or that he was somehow incapable of carrying out the murder. That he was maybe physically incapable of doing such a thing. Or some other sort of evidence that would show he didn't do it. But the mere absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. The atheistic claim that God does not exist is just as much a claim to know something as the theist claim that God does exist. Both are claims to knowledge. Both are making assertions. God does not exist. God does exist. Both are positive claims of knowledge. Therefore, they both require justification. So the correct default position regarding God's existence should be agnosticism, which states, I don't know if God exists. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It's very important to hold that view instead of atheism, because if atheism is your default, you've come to conclusions before you've really explored evidence, and that will make it very hard for you to ever come to belief. So in a nutshell, that, that is the uh, objection and responses to that objection. It's pretty, it's pretty clear cut. I don't, I don't know that it's as common maybe as some of the other objections, but I've seen plenty of people do that where you kind of sit back with your arms crossed and you basically just state, hey, we're all born atheists. And until someone can prove to us without a shadow of a doubt that God exists, then it's rational to just stay atheist just like you were born. <laughs> and it just really doesn't fly if you look at it critically. All right, the next objection that I'm going to look at is called the hiddenness of God. So this objection states that if God existed, then we would expect his existence to be more obvious than it is. If God existed, then we would expect his existence to be more obvious than it is. So within this objection, there is a claim that if God were there, that he would disclose himself in some way so that his existence would be more obvious. Given that God is hidden, that his existence is not obvious, this counts as evidence against God's existence. Additionally, many people reject the idea that God would judge or condemn people for not believing in him, since he didn't make his existence strikingly obvious. Some may even argue that if a good and loving God existed, he would actually prevent the world's unbelief by making his existence so apparent that everyone would believe he existed. Okay, so what are some responses to this objection, or maybe some underlying misunderstandings or misconceptions? So this objection is valid if and only if the following two statements are true. So number one, we should expect God to have left more evidence of his existence than what we see today. And two, 
we have adequately surveyed the ground of the evidence and are very, very confident that there is no such evidence of that thing. But should we expect more than what we have? In the case of God, it is not at all clear that if he existed, we should expect to have more evidence of his existence. It'd be very presumptuous to think that we know what kind of evidence or how much there would be if God existed. Also, when we survey the ground of evidence, who's to say that God hasn't made himself obvious enough for belief? I'm going to list just a handful of different Christian evidences that I think do provide good enough grounds for thinking that he does exist. One, the origin of the universe out of nothing a finite time ago. Two, the existence of the fine-tuning of the universe for intelligent life. Three, the existence of a realm of objective moral values and duties. Four, the historical facts concerning the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Five, personal experience of God himself. Many people have had plenty of their own experiences, and they're well within their rational rights to trust in their experiences until they have some kind of overwhelming evidence or defeater against that experience. And there are many, many more that we could list here that have been given over the years. But basically what I'm saying is that there is plenty of evidence and there's no reason to say that God should make himself more obvious. Here's some other points. Perhaps God could have made his existence undeniable, maybe by using the stars to spell the word Jesus in the sky. But on the Christian view, it is actually a matter of relative indifference to God whether or not people believe that he exists. Even demons believe this, as the scriptures tell us. God is interested in building a love relationship with us, a personal saving relationship. Just getting people to believe that there is a supreme creator and designer of the universe, that doesn't make people fall in love with him. In the Old Testament, God is described as revealing himself to his people in manifest wonders, like the plagues upon Egypt, or the pillar of fire and smoke, or the parting of the Red Sea. But notice those manifest wonders did not produce lasting heart change in the people. So we don't know the true implications of God's existence being unmistakably obvious. It's possible that in that kind of a world, people might come to resent such persistence on God's part, thrusting his existence in their face. We don't really have any way of knowing that any world of free creatures in which God's existence is unmistakable, that more people would come to know and love God and find salvation. So therefore, it's quite possible that God has left just enough trace of himself so that the maximum number of people come to freely accept his existence and trust in him for their eternal salvation. We'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where we seek to provide quality content first through our full-length episodes that release every first and third Monday of the month, and second through the Minister's Minute. These are short 10 to 15 minute episodes that release every second and fourth Monday of the month in which one of our co-hosts will seek to answer a specific question related to everyday ministry. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe and rate the podcast through the podcast catcher of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. Today we pray peace and grace for you through our Lord Jesus Christ, and happy ministering.